0: Uh, It's always good to have Kylan Mills back. This is the last show we're doing for about a week and a half, two weeks. It's officially August, meaning hiatus time. There is nothing going on. We're going to try to entertain you folks. Uh, You know, there is some stuff to talk about. We pretty much have our final Warriors roster set. I'm going to ask you, Kylan, a few questions about who your favorite all-time coaches and players and stuff are. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask some interesting stuff. Uh, We should have a good time. It's us. I hope you have a good time.
1: Of course.
0: Always, always, side. There we go. It. This is Locked On Warriors. Here we go.
1: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and YouTube. You can follow Cron4 Sports anchor Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at Dog Surf Welcome back from Maui. So for Northern Californians, you know it's just a hop, skip, it's a plane ride away. I think most Bay Area residents are fairly familiar with this, with the beautiful 50th state. How? Well, you said you went there once when you were a kid, but the, obviously the adult impression is very different. Congratulations on your honeymoon. How was the trip, Kylan? Let's start off with some exciting Hawaii news, or some beautiful, calming Hawaii news, however you want to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? Not much exciting out in Hawaii, but that's the point, right? Like, so this was the first time in my adult life, and it was the first time my husband had ever been to Hawaii. And like you said, people from the Bay Area, I think it seems like it's a really popular vacation spot because the flight, first of all, not bad at all. If you don't have a, if you don't, we're already planning a trip to Hawaii do it because it's so easy, straight shot. It wasn't super expensive. Uh, Four, I can't remember, four and a half maybe hours on the way there, but like on the way back, it's like four hours or just under four hours, which is not bad at all. Uh, So we did Maui and Kauai and both were absolutely beautiful, relaxing. I personally think that Kauai was my favorite. Like the beaches were just like so beautiful. Everything just felt so untouched and pristine. And it was like, there were a lot of mom and pop shops and I just like totally was digging that vibe we also did like a really cool hike and saw two waterfalls you can just like swim in the clear water below them I mean that's what I was after and it was awesome
0: oh beautiful yeah there you go I'm sure the 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 tourism department of Hawaii is thanking you right now um, and I always recommend everyone go in there. If you haven't been, it is a phenomenal place. Oh, yeah. uh, you were th- at the Jamichael Green press conference a couple days ago. He was finally formally introduced. He's now officially a gold- member of the Golden State Warriors. Um, any takeaways from that? I mean, I was, I was, I was, my curiosity was piqued a little bit in terms of who this other team was that he thought he was going to join. Um, he never really alluded to the team itself. I'd love to find that out at some point. He also mentioned Steve Kerr and Draymond Green recruiting him with some phone calls Um, What'd you take away from that?
1: Uh, Well, my biggest takeaway wasn't related to those things, but we'll touch on them in a second. My biggest takeaway was why his shooting numbers were down last season, which was a big question a lot of fans had um, and other people surrounding the Golden State Warriors organization. I'm sure we're wondering why his shooting numbers were a little bit down. He said he actually was dealing with a wrist injury, which I personally didn't know about. Um, I don't know how widely known that was, but he kind of talked about how he was playing through an injury last season and that it really affected his shot. um, And that by the end of the season, he wasn't even taking shots because he was experiencing discomfort, pain, or it was affecting his shooting form so that he just wasn't shooting at all. And obviously that'll lead to some down numbers. And it's interesting. I almost kind of made the comparison to Otto Porter Jr. As a player who like has so much potential and is really good, but just has been riddled by some bad luck and maybe some unfortunately timed injuries to where it may be a similar situation to that. And the Warriors really may have gotten a steal because assuming he comes out and is able to stay healthy or mostly healthy this season, he could, his numbers could be back on the rise if he's healthy. And again, like you've got a good, solid, long defender for, who can shoot for a great price so i don't know to me that was the number one thing that piqued my interest was just you know he had an explanation and it was a wrist injury that he says he doesn't think it's going to be a factor at all he said he feels great now he does feel like he's 100 percent healthy so that's reassuring to hear Um, it's also reassuring to hear that players can be swayed by Steve Kerr and Draymond Green giving them a call. That was also one of my favorite nuggets from the press conference is that he said he was in Jamaica swimming in a plunge pool when he got the call from Steve Kerr wanting to talk to him about enjoying the Warriors. I know, isn't that hilarious? Like you're out chilling on vacation in a plunge pool, but You know, the NBA offseason, the grind don't stop, especially if you're a free agent or someone looking to move teams. And he had his phone on him. He was ready to answer any calls that might come his way. And he said he just had a great conversation with Steve Kerr and then a follow-up conversation with Draymond Green sealed the deal. Um, so, I mean, as a fan, you've got to be happy to hear that your coach and, you know, one of the leaders of your team is really doing a good job of campaigning to bring players here and to bring free agents here. And then it's working because like you mentioned, Jamichael had said without spelling out what team it was, that he didn't think he was going to end up here, that he had another team in mind that he thought was going to be his destination. And then everything changed when he talked to Steve Kerr and Draymond Green, and that really swayed his decision. So That's great. If you've got, you know, two great salespeople and your coach and one of your leaders, like that goes very well for the Warriors. And, you know, I think we've seen that in the past several years in the free agents they picked up.
0: Absolutely. I I, part of me was thinking back to uh, DeMar DeRozan was on Draymond Green's podcast recently. And they started talking about how a year ago when when DeRozan was a free agent that Draymond made a recruiting pitch to him and said, if you come here, you're going to win a world championship. But they couldn't offer him big money. Uh, He ended up signing with Bulls, a three-year, I think, 80-something million-dollar contract. And, you know, he didn't get his championship, but he got his money. Um, And it it made me wonder if when that call was made to Jermichael Green, if it was a similar tone. It's like, look, man, if you come here, you're going to get a ring. You're going to step out of this with – you're going to get a good contract regardless. You're going to walk away with the experience of a world championship. What a selling point that is. And both free agents the Warriors got this offseason – uh, uh, Dante Divincenzo, being the other one, were acquired because of these recruiting pitches. Divincenzo alluded to Stephen Curry recruiting him as well. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Here are the teams. I, I may, I'm so curious about who this potential team is. I'm gonna list a few of them. Let me know if you think any of them stick out to you as the the likeliest. So it could be the it could have been the Phoenix Suns, right? I feel like they could real they could have really used him. Uh, yeah. Could have been the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, could have been the Miami Heat could have been the boston celtics the milwaukee bucks and the chicago bulls and the brooklyn nets those are the ones i was thinking of because i'm guessing it was going to be a contending team he that was that was uh recruiting him the suns stick out to me the most i feel like they could have used him the, uh, more than these other teams any yeah. of them stick out to you <laughs> that the warriors stole him from
1: yeah i mean i'm a bulls fan so i think the bulls could have used another uh guy with his length and uh you know, a big in general. But yeah, I mean I could see the Suns needing him and still they're still looking to build their championship roster and they're a couple pieces away from doing that. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe the Suns I'd be very I think it'll come out eventually. Like I think someone will get yeah. it out of him what the other team was. So uh it'll be interesting to see because you just you never know. Not it may not have been based on need. Maybe another team was throwing a lot of money at him. Who knows? But
0: yeah yeah
1: that he was swayed to come here. So that's Great to hear. Like you said, the recruiting pitches are working.
0: Absolutely. It w- it w- just what a win it was for the Warriors to get him. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, uh, cover the future of the Warriors because uh, I mentioned Draymond Green a moment ago, and he's been in the news lately. He's, a- he's asking for a max extension. Um, it brings up a-, a very interesting and kind of a, a nerve-wracking point about what's going to happen next offseason. Uh, But first, we got to talk about a longtime sponsor of this program, Bet Online, and more specifically, betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at their number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And Kylan, just to prove that you could literally bet on anything today, if you go to Bet Online, you can bet. I kid you not. On who Uh-oh. will break uh, the the Kevin Durant trade story first, if and when it happens. Will it be uh, Shams Sharnia, minus 130, or Adrian Wojnarowski at minus 110? Who would you bet on uh, to, to break the KD trade news, if and when it happens?
1: Ooh, I think I would put my money on Shams. And I just want to bring up, since we're talking about him, that he came to... Uh, Golden State and he was at some of the Warriors playoff games and he like cracked me up I honestly meant to go over and say hi and introduce myself to him but I never did because he was always like pacing around and lurking and I just like (laughs) really want to know like I wonder and he was always looking down like constantly on his phone I'm just like wondering like who's texting him and what news he's about to break but he was just like I don't even know how to explain it. Like he was just like lingering in the background and we stayed late because we do our live shots, like potentially at 1045 when the game ends right. at like, nine. And he was like still there, just kind of like snooping around. I was like, okay, okay. I see you. You're doing some work. You're getting some intel. But it was Digging. just funny. Yeah he like lurked around late like I don't know what what he was doing but uh picking up some scoops so I'm gonna put my money on him he had boots on the ground at the NBA finals watching the Warriors so I give him some credit and he stayed late and was you know working those scoops and and working to get the intel so
0: that's who my money there you was. go and I think you know there's the secret to both those guys in terms of their information is they just have fantastic relationships with agents and Agents give them the information that want that wants to be leaked out and and they're the they're the middlemen. So there you go. But you yep. can bet on that. You can bet on all sorts of stuff at betonline.net. You can find reviews and news of every league. Major league baseball is in full swing right now, no pun intended. The NFL season is just around the corner. We're in the NBA offseason, but again, you could bet on ridiculous things. Well, ridiculous to some people, maybe not to others. Best, for example, being you can bet on who's going to break the news of Kevin Durant's potentially uh, uh, impending trade. NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. You can bet on all of it. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. <laughs>
1: you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: thank you for making locked on warriors your first listen every day for your second listen get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the nba in just 30 minutes every day with locked on nba locked on nba your daily nba update in just 30 minutes you can follow kylan mills cron sports anchor at kylan mills you've been covering a lot of sports in the bay area lately uh but we where the warriors show here we'll stick to that draymond green's contract extension he probably wants a max deal and it raises the future of this team because a year from now draymond could in theory exercise he has a player option for his final year he could exercise or not exercise that and become a free agent uh, so in theory, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins could both be unrestricted free agents. Uh, uh, Jordan Poole is going to be a restricted free agent uh, and could command a max deal from someone else and the Warriors have the right to match that. But in theory, the Warriors next year, if they keep all these players, could have a payroll that exceeds $400 million, now, which is astronomical. Uh, you've only seen these kind of numbers for a team payroll in baseball, certainly not in the NBA. But there is... There is a bright side to all this. There's a silver lining, which is that uh, Keith Smith, uh, a cap expert with Track, was on our program last week, and he broke down the fact that he feels confident that in the next CBA, which is going to be negotiated throughout this season, uh, in time hopefully for next year to prevent a lockout, uh, that uh, teams will likely not be penalized anymore uh, for paying their own draft picks. Um, and really, and, and, and the whole draft pick thing goes against the spirit of luxury tax penalties because you want to penalize, you know, larger markets for spending a lot to get free agents that smaller markets cannot compete with, uh, you know, and, and regardless of this rule change, teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, you know, they're going to face heavy penalties because they don't have a lot of drafted teams. But this would be a massive reprieve for the Golden State Warriors. And he thinks that's going to happen. Uh, And if that does happen, I think the Warriors can easily keep all their players. Um, What are your thoughts on all this? Because this could be a massive conundrum a year from now.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether or not the league decides to roll back those penalties in regards to players that uh, the organization has drafted would have a huge impact because as it stands right now with the Warriors facing uh, extensions or you know being presented with needing to make decisions on extensions for Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole, if they were to keep them all and sign them on extensions that they would be happy with, I mean, you're looking at a luxury tax bill of over million. And I just don't think that's something that owner Joe Lacob going to want to pay that number. And that price is too high. And then you start to get into some of those questions. Well, if you're deciding among those four who to sign, who are you letting go? If you have to decide one of them. And that's why I think Draymond Green's name has come up so much, just because of his age, he did battle a lot of injuries this past season. But if you were able to take the luxury tax out of the equation for players that, The team drafted that just makes a huge difference in bringing down that number making it manageable making it possible to keep all of the Warriors guys who are going to be up for extensions um Mm -hmm. I think ideally you want to keep them all right but like if that doesn't get rolled back they're going to be facing like you said a major conundrum I mean, if if it's you, who do you who do you let walk? Sai, like who are you extending? Oh, you dude, no,
0: I was gonna you ask you that. I was gonna ask you that first. Dude. Damn it, um, I you put me on the spot. I
1: know. I like going back and forth, though. You know, you got a
0: little- <laughs> <laughs> I, I was oh man, because you're right. Because ultimately, there could they could be facing a situation where you can only keep two out of the three, right? And and who do you drop? Uh, like Connor Laturno was on here, and he said he does not envision any scenario. Where Draymond Green leaves, he thinks he thinks Draymond Green is a lifer. Uh, I could see that. I, I, Jesus Christ, I, I think it comes down to either Wiggins or Poole. and I think Wiggins has more value. I, 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 what I love, I love, I love the fact that we have a year to answer this because this next year, in a lot of ways, this is an audition for Jordan Poole. As, as good of a year as he had last year. Um, If he wants max dollars, he's going to have to play a little better. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to show that the postseason was not just a fluke and that he can actually – this is like the player he is consistently now. Um, Draymond Green is going to have to show that age is not catching up to him. For the first time ever in his career, we saw him miss significant time because of injury, and we actually saw him have the moment overwhelm him in the NBA Finals. He had two, three games there where he was not good. Um, It's a tough one. If I had to say right now, I'd have to go – and please don't take this. Please don't not aggregate me for saying this because this is just a tough question. that no way does this represent reality. But I'd have to say Jordan Poole um, right at the moment just because you have other young pieces. He's probably the most dispensable of the three. You need wings. You need size. I, I, I think Draymond Green can still give you a couple more years or a few more years of toughness and inside presence. He is their de facto center, as weird as that sounds, even though Kevon Looney and Wiseman are your bigs. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go with Jordan Poole. Your turn now. The the pressure's Uh, off me. Your turn. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was trying to put the pressure on you so I could buy (laughs) myself some time to really decide which way I want to go or would feel like going and to feel strongly about that. Because it is such a hard question to answer. And I totally hear you on the Jordan Poole thing. But I also think, like, out of the Warriors young players, like, Jordan Poole has proven to me that he can be a star and that his star is still rising. So, like, we're looking at a player and – who's now emerged in just his third uh, season in the league um, to be has proven to be such a big value. And like, I think that his stock is still on the rise. Like, I don't think Jordan Poole has peaked yet. And I love a lot of what we saw from him this season. And I'm seeing a lot of, I don't know, similarities to Steph. He's not at that level, but like some similarities in his game. To where, like, it would just be so hard for me to let him go after, you know, just envisioning what his potential could be in the NBA. Like, I think he's an NBA all-star in a few seasons, if not next season. Um, just based on the numbers he was putting up as a sixth player off the bench, as a sixth man. Could be. Could um be. So, you know, it's like if he was starting in the league, would he be, you know, is he going to be, could he put up all-star numbers next season? I, you know, who's to say? But I, I just think he has so much potential. Um, and that's why I have a hard time. And I... I lean towards maybe Wiggins um, just because he's not quite as young as Jordan Poole. He's a little bit older, and I think that he fit perfectly for what the Warriors needed this season. And this is no knock on Andrew Wiggins' um, talent and his capabilities and how much he proved this season. But I just don't think he's as indispensable to the Warriors as Draymond Green is. And it's really a hard question, though, because Draymond Green, yes, he's also getting older. How many more years does he have left? Um, you know, in his professional career, he's starting to do some of his analyst stuff, and he's great at that. And he clearly has a very bright future in TV. Uh, but I just think, you know, like, he is the leader of this team. He's the captain of the defense, as they've said. And, you know, and then he's bringing the ball up like I just think Andrew Wiggins did so, so many of the things the Warriors needed during the postseason, but like Draymond Green's leadership, like keeps his team together. He's the engine yeah. of making his team go. And if you look at how much the Warriors struggled during that stretch when Draymond was injured, like to me, that just kind of proves his impact on the game, despite not putting up the numbers a lot of people want to see and people complain about him not scoring enough and whatever else. And like, yes, you know, you, you can criticize that, but there's so many other things that he does for this team that if he always says this, Oh, people who don't know ball criticize me. If you know basketball, you can see that I'm doing this, this, this XYZ screening, you know, doing the switches and telling everyone where to go on defense, you know, and whatever else. So I just, I don't think the Warriors can replace that. And as long as they can keep him here and he's still able to play, um, at, at a high level, then keep him. I just, so that's yeah. the thing. And then between like Wiggins and Jordan Poole, I just, like I said, I just think Jordan Poole has a higher ceiling maybe. And just because he's younger and I think has a few more years left in the tank. I don't know though, because it's just, it's hard. So I don't want to give a real committal answer <laughs> either. Uh, but like you said, the good news is there's some time. And then also Clint yes. Thompson would be up for an extension soon as well. Um, and I've seen his name thrown around as some people. I've seen people on Twitter saying, no, drop Clay.
0: Dude, um, shame on, them. Shame I on them.
1: I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. I'm not going to bring his name up, but I'm just saying. You can't
0: bring it up. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I dare someone, I'll invite someone on this show who actually feels that way. It's because I have to shut that down, man. It is slanderous to suggest Clay Thompson should not be one of the, the permanent pieces of this team. You got to keep the Splash Brothers for life. Not to mention Clay will come back next year. And I think he's such a loyal player. Chances are his next extension will be a little lower. Like I could see him accepting like 30 mil a year. I could see him doing that. Um, But let's hope the CBA, like, again, is amended so that draft picks are not penalized. Because under that scenario, the only player that the Warriors are going to be paying big dollars to that is not a draft pick is Andrew Wiggins, which is crazy. It just goes to show how brilliant Bob Myers and his staff is. I even have to begrudgingly. Uh, give kudos to Mike Dunleavy Jr. Even though I hate doing that, but look, man, he's he's uh, the assistant GM, and and he was part of the scouting department, and you know they're all responsible for this. So, bravo um, to just an incredible. I mean, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is a wild card. I'm very curious to see how that turns out. Um, but they also yeah. seem really high on Ryan Rollins. Let me ask you this: is is, is the team is waiting on uh, Andre Iguodala uh, to make a decision uh, in regard to that 14th roster spot? um and they seem to just be patient about it and, and i don't know what the the plan is if he decides to retire like if they're going to get another free agent if uh if another young player is going to be promoted i have no idea i don't know if maybe quindary weatherspoon will get a guaranteed deal um what are your thoughts on that like are you cool with the warriors waiting on that are you even happy that andre could get a spot given his body just completely broke down on him last year i can't imagine envision, envision him contributing significant minutes uh he, he's not young he's so i yeah what are your thoughts on Iguodala?
1: I think it's time for Andre Guadala to to go out to pasture as far as his NBA. I agree. I agree. And we and we talked about it before the playoffs about whether or not he would have an impact. And I said I said, I, I don't think his body can handle it. I don't think that he's there anymore. And you know, these NBA players, they do a great job of trying to preserve their bodies and really taking care of themselves to play as long as possible and their careers are lengthening. But at some point you have to recognize when it's time and I just don't see based on the season that Iguadala had this last year him being more productive this season mm-hmm. now another year older like he just struggled so much with injuries during this 2021 2022 season like how do you look forward and see him being healthy um and how do you look forward and say what he did last season is worth a roster spot because in my opinion it's not it's not worth a roster spot or even the bet minimum for someone who just can't play. Um, And he's, he's a guy who has his hand in so many other pots. Like he's got all these business ventures. He's got his own podcast. Like to me, it seems like he set up for a very successful life post basketball. Mm -hmm. He's another incredibly intelligent guy um, to where, you know, I just feel like you've got to recognize when time is time. And I just don't see him contributing if he does come back as a player this next season just because I don't think his body will allow it anymore
0: I, I totally agree with you I completely agree uh I have a random question for you uh okay. shifting gears here um I was like thinking about the um the Mount Rushmore of NBA coaches right in terms of who the greatest coaches of all time are I think Phil Jackson's an obvious one on there I think red Auerbach is not is an obvious one I think Pat Riley uh is comfortable in one of those spots Who's got the fourth who's got the fourth face? Is Steve Kerr up there? Is someone else up there? Who's who's on your Mount Rushmore of uh, NBA head maybe, coaches? I
1: think maybe Pop would be would there be there. okay. Um Greg Popovich uh, maybe in the fourth spot. I think Steve Kerr is definitely making his case to be up there and I think that uh this past season was maybe his best work yet. Um I, being a Bulls fan, I think that Phil Jackson is probably number one for me um, as far as my Mount Rushmore goes. But I I think Pop definitely should be up there. And I think Steve Kerr is making a case for himself. And it actually was really funny because, like, throughout the season, there were a lot of uh, ups and downs in regards to at least what I saw from fans on Twitter and their relationship with Steve Kerr. And when it all came down to it, uh, you know, I think he made the right moves and he coached in the right way in order to to lead this team to a championship when he had a really unique combination of veterans, of young players that you're trying to develop. Like, this was a situation the Warriors haven't been in during his tenure, um, you know, where you're trying to marry these two, you know, these two different generations of Warriors basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he did an excellent job of, you know, like giving the young players opportunities when was appropriate and when was a good time um using them when you know the best opportunities came up and then also you know making sure that you're using your veterans without overusing your veterans as they get older i don't know i think steve kerr deserves a lot of credit for the championship this past season uh just because of the kind of unique situation the warriors were in
0: absolutely man And, and i agree uh it's it's crazy to me how the moment things start flailing um, so many people in Dub Nation call for his head. It's like you got to stop yeah, doing that. He, yeah. he's, a, he's a brilliant coach. And I always hear Tai Lu mentioned as like someone who's better. It's like Tai Lu's never won more than forty-seven regular season games in his coaching career. Take it easy on that. He, you know. Uh, so uh, look, we're we're in the the throes of summer. It's uh the most boring time of year in sports. Clearly, um, I do want to mention my pool party all summer shirt. You can buy this by just clicking on the link on my Twitter account. You can follow me at Dog Surf frocho Uh, you can follow kylan mills on twitter at kylan mills and kylan at some point you will be an official member of this show where you'll be on uh, two days a week with me once the season resumes we're back to a full-time daily schedule um i'm stepping away i'm going to leave town tomorrow i'm going to seattle i'm going to see my buddy john zimmerman from san rafael for those of you that thought maybe he dropped off the face of the earth uh and for tax collectors he's in montana by the way uh, bill collectors he's up there he's hiding you can find them in Missoula Montana specifically <laughs> I have to throw them under a bus right now um but yeah so that's my plan so we're off gonna for the next two weeks or show two weeks or so um any big plans for you I know you just got back from Hawaii but we're still in summer right anything big coming no, up or are you I'm back to work
1: I'm excited to be like done traveling we went to Mexico for a wedding in June and subsequently caught COVID and then had this big Hawaii trip so like I don't know, the few weeks wedged between just felt really rushed, and now we're actually going to relax and enjoy ourselves in the Bay Area. But I have one more topic I want to hit with you that yeah. I thought about because you are talking about great coaches. And he's not on the Mount Rushmore of coaches, but he's a guy that I think we have to talk about uh, given what's happened this week. But how about Bill Russell winning two championships as a player coach and the first black head coach in the NBA? Incredible. Um, I Incredible. just – I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that accomplishment because I um, actually
0: well, – Touch on it because because uh, kevin dan and i did that yesterday i uh yeah please just so express your express uh, yours, yeah please. well you no know, i
1: just got a real i got a couple of really good nuggets that i feel like need to be told out into the world because i talked to one of his former usf teammates mike farmer who also played against him farmer played uh several years with the knicks but he played like eight nba seasons so he was also an nba player and one of his championship teammates at USF, and he just told me some great Bill Russell stories that I was just like, I've been marinating on the last couple of days because what an inspirational guy. And, um, you know, what he accomplishes as a player, as a coach, one of the biggest winners ever in the NBA. But like, I don't know, for me, talking to Farmer was just like really eye-opening about just what a different time it was in the 50s. And like, it's so long ago, yet it's not so long ago, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, Mm -hmm. a story that, a story that I wanted to tell that he felt like was like, I was like, tell me a story that like embodies Bill Russell in your eyes. And I thought this was an interesting one. So back at USF in 1955, the basketball team got invited to play in Louisiana. Um, and gosh, why am I blanking now in the college in new Orleans? Um, and so is it Tulane? No, it wasn't Tulane. Oh. Hold on. Gosh, now I'm blanking. Um, anyway, so basically they got invited to play a school in the South in New Orleans in 1955. And the team had to make a decision about whether they wanted to go or not because of um, the significant differences in segregation in the South at that time. You know, there weren't the same restrictions here as there were the laws in Louisiana. So, like, for mm-hmm. example, Bill Russell and a couple of the other black players on the team um, wouldn't have been able to... Stay at the same hotel, eat at the same restaurants, use the same bathrooms, even get off at the same terminal in the airport, which like is kind of crazy. Right. So like their coach is like, do we want to say screw him and just not go? No, we're not going to come play you and put our players through that. Or do we want to go, um, you know, and and make a statement, I guess. And I guess Bill Russell, he said, stood up and said to the team, like, I want to go. I want to make a statement. Let's show them who we are and let's show them what we can do and so behind bill russell the usf basketball team went to new orleans um played in this game and what they said they had to experience surrounding the game was pretty horrifying um for example they got off the plane and the team's black players weren't able to get off at the same terminal um, they had to get off at a different terminal, a separate terminal and the bathroom in that terminal was broken and they couldn't use a bathroom. And they just flown cross country from USF to new Orleans in like a prop plane. Like they didn't fly commercial back then. And there was no bathroom and like, they had nowhere nearby where they were allowed to use a restroom, which like, just how horrible, you know, like,
0: it is I, I horrible. Just, it's you know, like that it, movie, uh, that movie came back, came out, I think four years ago, green book, green book. Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Uh, I think I won an Oscar. I feel like that movie captured that those the the, the segregation, the, the the lack of equal rights. Yeah, it's awful. It's freaking awful, man. And when people yeah. talk about like, I can't stand like people who try to say like, uh, you know, sl- uh, yes, yeah, slavery was, you know, out, out outlawed after the Civil War, but civil rights were not granted until the 1960s. I, I mean, and and there's and and look, minorities can still feel so much of it. I you know I. Yeah, it is crazy to me when people say like, oh, racism in the past. No, it's not in the past. It's still alive and very well. And like you said, Bill Russell.
1: This wasn't that long ago. And like Mm -mm. before he gets even worse. So before we get even more into what it was like, I'm going to tell you a little bit more of some of the circumstances they told me. So like I said, they had to keep everything separate. So when they got to and it was Loyola University, New Orleans. I just actually had to look. Uh, Oh, okay. Loyola Loyola University, New Orleans. And when they got to the court, um, there were people like dressed up and dancing like monkeys like basically on the side of the court um fans students what have you and they were throwing change at the usf team like the entire game just like change change being thrown at them um, and Farmer said that's the first time ever that uh, USF actually ran up the score because they were pretty – I don't know. He said they, they weren't a team that would run up the score. They ran up the score and were up by 38. Before the game, he said Bill Russell just said to everyone, like, we got to go out there and we got to make a statement and we, we've got to shut this crowd up, and that's exactly what they did. And Russell played out of his mind. They shut the crowd up, and he said at the end of the game, after how hostile they were to start the game, they gave the USF team a standing ovation – Um, you know, the once hostile and racist crowd was on their feet, giving them a standing ovation because of the way they played and the way they carried themselves. And he said that at the end of the game, Bill Russell uh, went up to the team and was like, Hey, you know what the best part is? I just had the athletic trainer pick up all those coins for us to take home. Let's run and grab a bite. And basically they were all in stitches cracking up because he had been collecting all the coins. But anyways, I don't know. I just thought that was such an interesting story. And and it's just been kind of interesting looking back at all he's accomplished in his life to get you know, just a different lens on what it was like back then. And it really wasn't, I just, I don't know, to me it's crazy, it wasn't that long ago to hear that people were experiencing things like that.
0: Exactly, exactly, it wasn't. There are a lot of people who still remember these, these actions very well. And, and like I said, it's just that the feeling that you have i mean it's it's if you're a minority in this country still feel it very much Uh, i I could personally attest to that so i know you're you're right bill russell um it's just the list is endless i mean i i feel like the story you shared which is thank you for sharing that it's a great story they're endless when it comes to bill russell he's he's done just endless Mm -hmm. acts of heroism um you know and what he dealt with in boston i mean the stories were incredible you're right right the world lost a, a tremendously great human being, uh, with his passing and, you know, but he lived a long life. 88's a good run. Um, you know, I feel like if we make it, if any of us Absolutely. can make it to 88, 89, that's a good run, you know, but yeah, it's, it's still, still a heavy loss for sure. So thanks for touching on that. Yeah. That's a good story. And, and you've covered yes. US stuff a lot. Just- so yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just was thinking, you know, like when you look back at his accomplishments, but then like you also have to keep in mind like what he was up against You know, like you're not just talking about, you know, showing up to work and going home to your mansion, like people are throwing bricks through his window and threatening his family's lives. You know what I mean? And it's like to imagine like winning so much on the court while you've got all that to deal with at home. Like, I don't know. To me, it just like puts a bigger perspective on just how much he accomplished, not just winning, Mm -hmm. but like while battling all this stuff off the court and the racism.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, Colin. Very well said. Yeah, and he's going to be missed. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. Well, hell. How do we? I, I want to end on a. All right. Note yeah. Not
1: to, not to end on a downer note, but you know, I just think it's <laughs> interesting to talk about. Like, he's a babe. I
0: is, like it. It's real.
1: Ish. You it's know, real. he's a Bay Area native. Ish. He was raised in Oakland from age eight on, and this is a basketball podcast. And you know, if we're talking about greats, like, you know, we got to talk about the legend that passed.
0: And I love that you brought up the brought it up while we were talking coaching because I believe I, I mentioned this on yesterday's show too. I think he was the first African American head coach in any of the four major sports. Um, and like you said, he won two championships as a coach. It's it's uh, a just his leadership, player. his yeah, his impact, his mental toughness, everything about him was just absolutely incredible. And I've never I've never heard one person, not one, ever say anything bad about him. So that that carries weight. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a shame it's a shame we lost him but yeah he is his impact is strong and all we can do is just carry it on right and just exactly. continue I was to gonna
1: say the positive spin is just you know we got all got to carry on his legacy
0: absolutely yeah and, and and for everyone watching uh again we'll be back in about a week and a half two weeks We're recording this on august 3rd um and kylan again people can watch you on cron4 here in the san francisco bay area i'm sure they can just go to cron4.com is that the right website yeah mm-hmm. to, there you go. So, yeah. So, um, cause everything's, everything's digital. It's not just, you don't have to just be in the Bay area to, to watch Kylan's content. Uh, and like I said, Kylan will be a regular uh, a member of the show, part of the show, uh, two days a week to start. And then, um, yeah. And, and, and then training camps are just around the corner. So, uh, enjoy everyone. I'll we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I think we're done. Is that it? Anything else we need to touch on?
1: No, that's it. Except for training camp really will be here before we know it. Time has been flying. It's August it already. It. October is going to be here in the blink of an eye. So we got to gear up and get ready, Dub Nation.
0: There you go for the defending world champion, Golden State Warriors. Uh, that never gets old. and I'm going to say that all year long. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you, everyone.